hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. So glad you could tune in and give us a listen. Hey, if you like the program, hit that little like button, maybe leave us a nice comment, share it with a friend, what have you. Be much appreciated. You know, I love this time of year. Christmas is just around the corner. Usually it's stressful leading up to the holidays, right? Everyone is running around trying to get everything done. It's the end of the year, so the work pressures are probably mounting. We got to get that project done before the end of the year. But when we finally get there, man, oh man, is it a good time. So remember to relax and enjoy. Life is good. Also, don't forget to register for our annual Outlook. You know, I got the registration page up on our website. So you can go to xmlfg.com. I'll give it to you one more time. It's xmlfg.com. And you'll see a banner in the middle of the page and you can click on it. And well, you can figure it out from there. This year, it's on Saturday, January 27th at 10 a.m. And this year, we're going to be doing something new. We're going to be doing it as a webcast. And for all you football fans, it's the weekend between the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So you don't have to worry about it interfering with your your football schedule. We thought of everything, right? Well, at least we hope we did. During the seminar, I'm going to spend an hour talking about what's happened over the past year and what you might expect in the coming year. I'll spend some time on the big picture, but I'll also give you some specific ideas that you can take away and you can research. You always need to do your own research. So again, it's Saturday, January 27th, and you can register now at xmlfg.com. And that's also where you can learn a little bit more about us and what we do for our day jobs. We have a few days before Christmas, and we are out there spending like mad men and women. Well, maybe not out there, out there. Get this. Online sales are set to overtake in-store sales for the first time ever. And what that says to me is, I would suspect that the brick and mortar retailers start doing some pretty heavy discounting to get us out there, out there in their stores. Amazon is guiding for 28 to 38% growth in the quarter. Think about that. And if this does happen, you'll want to keep your eye on the margins for the retailers, companies like Walmart, Macy's, Target. I think one of the big winners, regardless of whether you shop from your computer or you actually go to the mall, I think one of the big winners could be the consumer finance stocks. And you know, you know. I like Synchrony Financial, symbol S-Y-F. I don't really care where you shop as long as you use your Synchrony card because it's a stock that I own. And while you're at it, why don't you swing by Lowe's too because I like them and I own both. On top of what looks to be a good holiday season, household net worth has been surging this year and now easily exceeds the pre-great financial crisis levels. 
This has led to a steady pickup in the consumer finance sales expectations. And in general, we have low delinquencies. Tack all that on and you have tax reform, rising interest rates. I think SYF is in a pretty good spot right now. I'm a buyer under 34. And for you astute listeners out there, well, you know, I was saying it was a buy under 31 and a half. And you're thinking, well, now he's saying 34. That's right. I moved the price target up. And I did this because of all of the great holiday shopping news and and because Synchrony is buying $6 billion in loans from PayPal, which I think gives them a big boost. And also because of the tax reform package, which lowers the corporate rate to 21%. SYF's effective tax rate last quarter was almost 37%. So this is a big cut for them. SYF under $34. We can hope for a pullback in the market. You know, I'd love it if we'd got one, put some money to work. Stocks have just been going and going, just like the Energizer Bunny. It seems like every day we're hitting a new high. We've had something like 70 new highs this year. And I know, I know some of you are worried about buy the rumor and sell the tax news, but it seems like seasonality keeps pushing us higher. And you know what? The macro data continues to surprise to the upside. The two big themes that I've been talking about have been global growth and the start of what I think is going to be a pretty big CapEx cycle, meaning companies are feeling pretty good. And I think that they start spending and investing more. And those themes are still intact. I also think that once we get past the tax related news, the focus should turn back to earnings. It always comes back to earnings, right? Right now, the sell-side analysts are expecting about 11% earnings growth for the coming year. And I think that somewhere between 8 and 11% is achievable. And I'm not really accounting for a lot by way of taxes either. When we've been where we are now, historically, earnings have done the heavy lifting with multiple expansions only adding a little bit to the total return. Thus, I think returns for the coming years or coming year will be roughly what earnings growth turns out to be. I wouldn't count on much in the way of multiple expansion. Multiples are high, don't offer a lot of upside. Although in the later part of the cycle, you never know what can happen. Let's step away. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about tax reform, the house of mouse and chocolate. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. We are back in a moment. You worked hard. You saved and invested along the way. Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off so you can do what matters most to you, whether it's giving back to your community or ensuring a safe, comfortable retirement. It's never too late to start planning. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. If you want someone who can help you navigate the investment landscape, then please visit us at our website, xmlfg.com or call us at 301-770-5234. 
Well, thank you and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. So glad you could join me today. Just wanted to remind you one more time, make sure you register for the annual seminar. It's Saturday, January 27th, and I have the registration page up on our website, which is xmlfg.com. There's a banner there right in the middle. You can click on it and you can figure it out from there. I'm going to start off this segment by saying emphatically, I am not an accountant. I'm not a tax advisor. I don't even pretend to be one. So you always want to consult with your CPA, your accountant, what have you. The reason I bring this up is because the big news is about tax reform. Major tax reforms typically only happen once every decade or two. But after a series of negotiations in both the House and the Senate, it appears the reconciled version of the Tax Cuts and Job Acts of 2017, well, it's headed for President Trump's desk before the end of the year. Now, if it's signed, the legislation will result in substantive tax reform for corporations. They eliminate eliminated the AMT and they consolidated all the tax brackets down to a single 21% tax rate, all of which are permanent. However, however, when it comes to individuals, I think it's more of a series of cuts and tweaks that are subject to, yep, another infamous sunset provision that takes place in 2025. Nonetheless, I think there's a lot to like for individuals. Almost all will see a reduction in their taxes in the coming years, though not after 2025, like I said. While seven tax brackets remain, most are decreased by a few per, a few percentage points to a top tax rate of 37%. They also repealed the P's limitations. The AMT remains, but the exemption was widened. Most common deductions remain, although they're more limited and an expanded standard deduction means fewer people will likely claim itemized deductions anyway. They doubled the standard deduction and they capped the state and local tax deduction at $10,000. And that's for both property and income taxes, state income taxes. I'll also mention there's a doubling of the estate tax exemption amount to $11.2 million for individuals and $22.4 million for couple, for couples. Excuse me. Some of the highlights as I see them, as I said, the seven tax brackets remain. They talked about three and then there was talk about four, but ultimately they kept the existing seven. But the good news is, is that most people will see a reduction in their marginal tax brackets. The 10 and 35% brackets remain, remain as they are, but the other five tax brackets all received a one to 4% reduction in rates. Beyond the tax bracket changes, I said they repealed the P's limitation. If you don't know what that is, it's basically the phase out of deductions once your income crossed a certain threshold. Basically, by getting rid of this, 
it effectively provides a further reduction in marginal rates for upper income individuals. It's notable, or I think it's notable, that while the earlier version of the Senate proposal would have eliminated the so-called marriage penalty by making all the tax brackets for married couples basically double the threshold for individuals, that makes sense, right? And it's to avoid the penalty of too high income individuals paying more in tax as a married couple than they would have filing as singles. The final tax brackets bring back the marriage penalty for upper income individuals by making the top 37% tax bracket kick in at $500,000 for individuals and $600,000 for married couples. The mortgage interest deduction, which I know was a big issue for a lot of folks, the mortgage interest deduction was lowered to $750,000 from $1 million. Now, let's just leave it there for all the tax stuff. Again, as you go through it and this stuff becomes more and more clear, then you'll want to consult with your tax advisor. Let's move on to our mailbox. I had a couple of people ask me about the Disney deal. And for those of you who don't know, last week, Disney announced that it was buying key media content assets from 21st Century Fox, including movie studios, some cable properties. And you know what? This really came as a surprise to practically no one. There's been a longstanding rumor that these assets were for sale and Comcast had dropped out of the bidding earlier in the week. The market, well, the market has thus far been cheering the deal, which is part of Disney's strategy to beef up, beef up its own offering in advance of the launch of their own media streaming services. You know, investors had been worried about this launch because of the lack of media property that Disney had compared to the established guys like Netflix and Amazon. And I think this deal soothed some of the nerves because they were, uh, you know, acquiring more content for their service. Now, with that said, I do think there's the, a decline in what people are willing to pay for when it comes to content. That's why we have the overtop services. And ultimately, I think this negative, negatively impacts earnings. With Disney, I think this deal does boost their ability to compete going forward. But long term, I'm concerned about the direction of earnings. Now, with that said, I'm neutral on Disney. If I owned it, and I don't own it, but if I owned it, I'd probably continue to own it. Right now, I'm just not a real interested in buying DIS. Now, let's talk about Hershey's for a quick second. Hershey's symbol HSY. This is a stock that I mentioned, oh, a few shows ago. Hershey's trading at about 115. And the news is, is that Hershey's is diversifying its product line. They went out and bought uh, Amplify, or they're going to go out and buy Amplify Snacks. And they're the makers of Skinny Pop Popcorn. So they're getting away from the chocolate, getting more into the snacks. I'd like Disney for the conservative, ultra conservative type equity investor. But I got to tell you, Hershey's HSY is trading at about 23 times 
earnings, which is getting up near the high end of the range. So I'm not particularly thrilled about Hershey's at this point. Again, a lot like Disney. If I owned it, I'd own it, but I'm not a con- considering buying it at this point. So I think it's a good deal for Hershey's going forward. Again, I just think the stock is a little bit overextended at this point. Now we've come up to the end of the show. Want to thank you for tuning in. We are going to go on holiday for the next two weeks. We'll be back January 10th and we'll play some uh, replays uh, for the next couple of weeks. But until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.